1: Hello, America, and welcome to John Solomon's Best of 2021. This week, we'll be reminiscing together with a few of the most popular interviews of the year, and once again highlighting some of the amazing heroes who are trying to make a difference in the world. Today, we're flashing back to John's Veterans Day special, where he speaks with real American heroes, including former Green Beret and Gold Star husband Joe Kent. After that, John talks with Jeanette Burgess, the wife of Daniel Burgess, a soldier who was seriously wounded in the line of duty, and Mark Odakoven, vice president of marketing for Annie's Kit Clubs. He explains how his company has helped those in need, including the Burgesses. So flash back with us to November 11th. This is John Solomon's Best of 2021 coming up right after this commercial break.
0: Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out.
2: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret?
0: All right, folks, welcome back to our very special Veterans Day special. And I can't think of a better guest to kick us off on this very important day than Joe Kent of the great state of Washington. I actually grew up in Oregon, running now for Congress in Washington. But as a hero in the military, as a family whose entire family has given all to protect this country, he epitomizes all that's great with our fighting men and women. And now he's done with his service in the military and he's going into public service, running for Congress. We're so lucky to have him on. Joe, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. I hear your name everywhere, President Trump mentions it. He's endorsing you. You go on Fox, you hear people talking about you. Your story, your ideas, your energy, the idea that you might throw out a Trump Impeachment voting Republican out of Washington and replacing with yourself is just getting a lot of attention. Uh, what has it been like to make this transition from military life, which you know has a very specific regimen, to the political life that you're now leading?
3: yeah you know it's uh there's some parts of the that, that are very different. I was used to being a very private uh almost like a secretive type of person when I was in the military in special operations. so that's very different being in the public eye. but the things that are you know similar i, I think from a career in special operations, our job was to go out and work with you know people um in these these remote areas and their right. fights for freedom. I'm really enable them gather ground truth intelligence and I feel like that's the mission that I'm on right now so I've had to get to every every part of my district and talk to people that are key stakeholders in education that are key stakeholders in business and just the local community and get to know them and and you know figure out how I can best serve them so that's actually been very familiar you know there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a difference not in the combat zone but I feel like our, our nation is in such a, a crisis point right now the sense of urgency that I had in, in combat it's the same that we have right now and it's not just me because I'm trying to get elected I, I really feel that in the in the people that I go and talk to it's because true. they're they're struggling especially with the vaccine mandates and the, and then just all the failures of the establishment and in particular the federal government we have Jay Inslee out here as an activist governor who's trying to clamp down on people's lives every day yep. so it, it's been a uh, it's been a very interesting ride but I, I feel like the time is right
0: right now to to take action to really turn our, turn the ship around. There is so much energy in the grassroots of America, and quite frankly, it's not all just conservatives and Republicans. They're just everyday people that feel like this pendulum of the country has swung so far left. We're going to tug it back and get back to the America we know, and you see it, whether it's Latino voters, young voters. uh, They switched uh, their political thinking from 2020 to 2021, and it really sets up to make 2022 a very Interesting race. Now you're a guy full of ideas, and and that's one of we love uh, people who are running for office that you know are out there with policies. And I saw something today. You're you're throwing your hat, your community's hat, into the ring because it is absolutely insane that we can't get supplies into our own country, the wealthiest, smartest, most innovative country in the world by a mile. And we can't get our supply chain in under this president. And you said today, I saw it on Twitter. I thought it was really cool. Hey, I'll get my community. We'll take the ships. We'll take the entry. Tell us a little bit about how your area in Washington state could help solve this uh, uh, shipping crisis and, and supply chain crisis.
3: Yeah, absolutely. For people that aren't familiar with the, with the district, the third congressional district, we're right on the Oregon-Washington border. Yep. We're one of uh, two red districts that actually touch the Pacific. So the mouth of the Columbia River that divides Oregon and Washington dumps out right into the Pacific. And so we have key ports in the Port of Vancouver, right across from the Port of Portland on the Oregon side. We have some really key ports there, and there's some even that are closer up in the, uh, the mouth of the Columbia that, that are very underutilized. And a lot of that, too, is because of the infrastructure that we have. We have the major highways, I-5 and all that, but we're really suffering from a lot of neglect on that actual physical infrastructure in particular our bridge systems but we have yeah. the, the backbone is there. It needs some updating. We just need to actually start putting America first, put some federal money, I think, into, into the ports to get some of the, the the shipping traffic that could come up there. But really what I want to see us do as a country is get back to building everything that we need here domestically right. so we don't have to rely on complex supply chains. But I think we could be a net exporter. Our timber industry, which used to be the backbone of really the, the economy here locally and then the, in the Pacific Northwest, it's been gutted by overregulation. And the effect of that has not just been catastrophic on, the the local economy, but every summer we're having these massive amounts of wildfires. And so what once was the back of our economy literally just burns every single summer. So we have to revitalize our not just our timber industry, but the way that we process that timber as well. We shut down the vast majority of our timber mills years ago. So the limited amount of logging that we do here now, we actually ship away from America. Some of it goes up to Canada, some of it even goes, you know, further into Asia for that lumber to be refined and then to be processed. And so now that we're seeing the, the soaring prices of housing and that's all directly linked. And these could bring this could bring back real jobs here to the pacific northwest and we could have a shipping hub here Um, we just actually have to commit to it like it's a mission like it's a wartime footing so i talk about a wartime footing all the time to get back our manufacturing and back our industry and i really think right here in the third congressional district we could be one of the hubs for exporting and and for the limited amount of importing especially right now to alleviate the crisis that we're having uh based down in california
0: you know it's kind of fun to watch a dynamic and i've been covering politics for 32 years and cover a lot of campaigns but There's a group of Republicans now that are so idea-driven. The crisis comes up, and they're not sitting there thinking, "Oh my God, isn't this terrible?" And they throw their hands up, and they're you know, because that's what the media does, and that's what a lot of the Democrats do. And then I'm not quite sure what Joe Biden does. I can't understand sometimes what he's doing when he's talking. But you, you know, you got people like um, uh, Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott and and uh, his Attorney General down there, Ken Paxton. And you, you here's an idea. You see a crisis, and rather than crying out, you're like. Hey, I think I can convert my ports, and we can go take in some people here. We'll create jobs. We'll show people how it's done. Let's just jump in and do it. And that's that great military spirit that we're celebrating today. You know, veterans and people who serve the military—they're get it done people. Are you seeing a different type of Republican? You had a great tweet today that hey, uh, moderate Republicanism is dead. Either you believe in your principles or you don't. And I know it's targeted at your um, your opponent, uh, Jamie Herrera Butler, but. There is this sense, there's a new, it seems like a new generation of Republican candidates that are idea driven. They see a problem, they try to create a solution. Is that a movement you see in the young Republicans running for office?
3: Yeah, it really is. And, and we're seeing it in the groundswell from, from the grassroots. People want to see that you're actually going to go and get things done and not just do the old GOP playbook of yes. complain about what the Democrats do and then maybe offer some tax cuts and like some Ronald Reagan quotes every now and again that explain why you can't fix anything from the position of being in, in the government. I mean, I, I think that old thinking has really gotten us to the, the, the state that we're in right now. So people want to see that you're going to stick by your, your convictions, you're going to fight for them, and then you actually have real solutions. And then, hey, we're not going to have 100 percent solutions every single time, but we're going to be, we're going to be, I think, intelligent enough that we can adapt on the fly and not get so bogged down in some set of, you know, philosophical ideas that we can't change and, and you know, evolve our, our principles if we, if we need to, but really fight to the cornerstone principles every chance and every time it's absolutely critical because the left, they're absolutely at war with us right now. They're at war with the American yeah. people and they're not and they're not backing down. So we have to bring that exact same fight to, the, to the, the fight that we're in.
0: You know, I was talking to a Democrat who came out of the Clinton centrist era, you know, when the NDN existed and people were more, more centrist in the Democratic Party. He said, you know what the real problem is? I said, no, I said, my party's at war with the idea of Americanism. They're actually opposing what we are as a country and it's a losing strategy. I'm certain of it and, you know, as a guy that is out of politics now and looking, you know, with that elder statesman's look. But I found that so really fascinating that people are seeing that even people who are traditional Democrats don't like the language, the ideas, or the hatred that is shown to the great idea that is Americanism. Yeah, I'm watching your uh, Twitter feed, and Josh Steinman, who it, we used to run logistics for supply chain policy at the National Security Council, he likes your idea on, on taking Washington 3 and making it a an port and rail hub. Uh, so you're getting the attentions of some serious people today. That's pretty cool.
3: That's great, yeah. Josh, Josh has been excellent. So I've talked to him quite a bit. We, I was going to go back and work in the second Trump administration. So um, I feel like I have a good, a good crew of advisors uh, to really call on for a lot of this expertise.
0: Yeah, you sure do. And it's great to see that people are engaging in an idea and a solution. When people want solutions. They're top. They're tired of whining, complaining, and and uh, and hatred. They want solutions, and you're you're putting them on the table. I love that. Um, today's Veterans Day, and you have some amazing stories yourself as a a special operator, extraordinary hero. I want to mention your wife, Shannon, a second for people who don't know that story. But you tweeted something today, and it just caught my attention. Three brothers from Arkansas, uh, and only one made it back. I guess it was Bo. But tell us a little bit about this family, what you knew about them, and on this day, why they epitomize all that's great with the fighting men and women of our armed services.
3: Yeah, so I didn't personally know any of the brothers. I met I met, um, met Bo a while back, real briefly. His One of his brothers was a Green Bray, another oh. one was a Navy SEAL, and Bo was a Marine. Uh, he lost his – I think his brother, who was a SEAL, was killed in action first. He was killed uh, in a pretty famous attack on a CIA base in Afghanistan. Right. And then about two years later, his brother, who was a Green Beret, was fighting in Afghanistan, was killed as well. And, and all these guys, I mean, they had – Pretty much every other option to do anything else, they wanted. I, I think one of them uh, had been accepted into Ivy League uh, schools, and then 9/11 happened, and all three of them put their lives on hold, like so many young Americans did. And they went off and they served at the most elite locations: Green Berets, Navy SEALs. The other one was a Marine Infantryman, um, just volunteering to be at the tip of the spear every time because they believed in the country. And then two of them, you know, gave their last full measure for the for the nation. You know, and their, and their brother right now wrote a book about his two brothers to honor their legacy. Um, and so that right there is just the story they're you know unique because they're you know, three brothers, but really there's a whole generation of Americans that are, that are just like them, that they saw what happened on 9-11 and they volunteered for usually not just, I don't know too many of my uh, compatriots that have just one deployment. Most of us volunteered for multiple deployments because this was a long war and we didn't feel like we could just do one. So I think they are a a great example of just the sacrifice of a generation.
0: Yeah. It's such amazing. Every day I meet families and I just, I just uh, in awe of the sacrifice and Uh, You know, we we last time, Utah, I've never gotten the story out of my head since the first time we talked on the show about your own beautiful wife, Shannon, and, uh, you know, the the medical issue that should have kept her from being deployed. Uh, And but just for people who haven't heard your story yet on a day when we're honoring the greatest veterans, we know your wife, Shannon, is right there. For people who don't know that story, could you share just a little bit about her extraordinary heroism?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'd I'd love to. So Shannon's from upstate New York. Um, Her New York state trooper and then her uncle is a Staten Island fireman. He's retired now. But when 9-11 happened, both of them were first responders to ground zero. Shannon had just started college and she didn't hear from her father or her uncle for about a day or two after 9-11 because they were down there trying to get people out of out of ground zero and, and all that. So, as soon as she heard that her father and uncle were okay, her and her brother, who is just a little bit o- over a year uh, younger than her, they both went and found found recruiters and enlisted in the military as soon as they could. Shannon wow. knew that she had a knack for languages. She had self-taught French. She had self-taught Spanish and Portuguese and done some travel abroad. So she went to the recruiter station and she was like, look, I know that I can learn Arabic. Just show me how to do it and, and whatever job will let me learn Arabic, I will go do that and I will help track down these guys. She did really well in the language aptitude test, and they, they wanted her to take Chinese, I guess. And she said, no, this is, this is who attacked New York. It's, it's folks that speak Arabic. I want to go learn that language. So she eventually got her way, went and mastered uh, Arabic, would go on to master multiple dialects of Arabic. Uh, and then the first thing she did was volunteer for deployment. On that deployment, um, she continued to volunteer to get closer to the fight. And so she was one of the first women uh, in the war on terror to get to go work with special operators um, and that eventually earned her a slot in the uh, the Navy SEAL team supporting SEALs and then eventually into the joint special operations realm, which is where we, we met. So she had a very storied career. She was, by the time she was killed, she was on her fifth combat deployment. She had served uh, two previous trips or three previous trips in Iraq and then a trip in Afghanistan where she did village stability operations, just living out in the wild in an Afghan village, just helping hunt down bad guys out there. So she, was just an absolute incredible warrior. Always felt very committed and like she had never done enough for the country.
0: It is amazing and uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice in Syria, but I will tell you her, her her memory and her sacrifice and the love of country that both you and her exhibit. I mean, when I think of oh, every so often, you know, people start denigrating country go, oh, God, why have we gotten so often and then I think of your family and you go, you know what? We're still as great as we've ever been because we keep producing people like Joe Kent and Shannon Kent. And um, man, are we lucky Thank to you. have? We really are. And uh, you are—you're an amazing type of person that just epitomizes what's great with america as you reflect on veterans day you got lots of missions ahead of you as you look at the public policy realm what's the most important thing we should be working on um, with veterans we're going to have the founder of the foundation that's working on homeless veterans here in a little bit and we've got some other folks with wounded warriors on the show today but uh, what is a big policy thing that we're missing the ball on that we can make a difference on for all of our great veterans
3: yeah, so I, we need people to put some public pressure on the VA, the Veterans Administration that handles health care for veterans and, and, their, and their benefits. So President Trump took a, a couple of really great steps towards getting the VA back online with the Mission Act and Veterans Choice. It basically allowed veterans to go out and choose their own health care and the VA would pick up the bill. Since Trump has been out of office, a lot of that has, you know, fallen by the wayside and been taken out for political reasons. So I know I was tweeting this morning about how there's been over two, I think, 20 million canceled V.A. appointments since Biden came into office. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. I mean, the VA, look, the VA is like so many other government agencies. It's very bloated. There's some people there that do mean well. But in general, it's just a kind of a self-looking ice cream cone of a bureaucracy. The Mission Act was doing amazing things to right that ship. And for a lot of reasons, because I think the Biden playbook in many ways is just do the opposite of what Trump did. That's what's going on right now. So if people can pressure their lawmakers, I would say that would really help to get some of those Trump policies back to get, bring more accountability to the VA. But then also my message to, to veterans is just, hey, that, that our, our fight is not over. We have to be proud of our service that we answered our nation's call. It's, it's not our fault the way these wars ended. That's on policy yeah. failure. But that's all the more reason why we need veterans involved at every single level of our government. This is the country that we fought for, and we can't let it go off the rails.
0: You know, there's a veteran that's been kicking up a lot of dust. And and I would say right in the middle of politics because she doesn't fit neatly in either party. But Tulsi Gabbard's been out saying a lot of things. I've seen you retweet her a few times. But okay. uh, there is this common sense that she brings that I think is the common sense that our fighting men and women carry with them. They're against tyranny. They're for freedom. They're not so big about it. Party doesn't matter as much as just getting something done for the American people. Do you see people like Tulsi Gabbin and other veterans like yourself? There seems to be this new generation now that is uh, tying America back to the common sense roots that make us one nation. We've been us and them for like about 10, 12 years probably, uh, where we just don't, we don't talk to each other. We talk past each other. Tulsi, other people, you that are having these really straightforward conversations, is there a moment where we sew this country a little bit back together, get over some of the crazy divisions that we've had the last few years?
3: I think so. I think that has to be our our goal. Um, I know there's going to be some hard fights that we have to have. There's some places that we are just, like you said, that there's a part of the left right now that is just diabolically opposed to everything that is American. And we can't be shy about that. We have to confront it. But when we cut to the core of a lot of these issues, I, I, I think when we just go from a place of what is best for the American people, we can win people over to our, I say our side, but it's really just getting things back into, hey, what's right for America? I call that America first. I know there's folks that don't like saying America first. But Really, I, I think the stuff that that a lot of the things that Tulsi Gabbard says and a lot of the things that those of us that are on this, this new this new right of the Republican Party, I, I think there's a ton of common ground there. And I, I think Americans that can be open minded enough, I think they're going to find common cause with us, especially if you look at the, the full scope of what the left's doing, especially with the, the vaccine mandates are very, very telling because yep, they're, they're they dictating to people what they have to put in their body. And I think that issue is going to bring a lot of folks over to our side.
0: Yeah, I believe so. I mean, you're starting to see the data move that way in these polls and in the national preference surveys. People are starting to gravitate towards that view of America. And I think it's really interesting. Last thing I'm going to ask you, because you, you've been vocal on this and I hear a lot of veterans cheering this on now, and it took a veteran to have the courage to say this, but you want a full commission on Iraq and Afghanistan because you think the American people got sold a lot of bill of goods during the 20 years of war. Um, you've, you've put it on the table. People are reacting to it very positively. Uh, what do you think can be accomplished? What should, be, what should the American people know about what we weren't told over the last 20 years?
3: There's so many lies, I think, that we saw come unraveling with Biden's disastrous withdrawal. No. And obviously, the way that Biden withdrew was absolutely catastrophic. He deserves full blame for that. But there was just so many lies that led up to that, especially with I would say the reasons why we went to war, that's more evident in Iraq because there was the WMD issue that was clearly a lie. With Afghanistan, it was clear cut after 9-11. We had to go into Afghanistan to get Bin Laden to take out the Taliban that harbored him. But really quickly thereafter, especially when Bin Laden escaped into Pakistan, the lies began. And we started without the consent of the American people. The American people said, yeah, go over there. We'll take risks. We're willing to fight and die. That to seek vengeance and to keep us safe. But right after bin Laden escaped into Pakistan, we diverted, I mean, we diverted in this war of nation building that morphed into the Iraq war. And then the lies that just compounded upon that, that yeah, we had built this great Afghan security force, yeah. this great Afghan government. I mean, the Afghan papers that were released, uh, I think about two years ago by the Washington Post, they really exposed a lot of that. And then it was on full display when the withdrawal happened. I mean, all, the whole DOD said to Biden, that, not to give Biden a pass, but they said, hey, yeah, the Afghan military and government, they're going to hold for, you know, months. They're a great <laughs> fighting force. And we saw them within the course of three months just disintegrate. And that's that's because the whole thing was a lie from the get-go. Yeah. Iraq was the same way. It got glossed over the second we, we said, hey, we built this new Iraqi military and, and government in 2011. We left. The second ISIS rolled across the berm from Syria with a bunch of rusty AKs, they stole from Assad the the high-tech Iraqi army that we trained, threw their guns on the ground, and they, they surrendered. And then we had to go back in and do it all over again, and so it, I, I think there just needs to be accountability. If we're going to continue to give our government and these institutions, and the military-industrial complex is one of these institutions, so much power, there has to be accountability. I mean, that's just—I I think that's at the core of so much of what is going on right now for institutional rot. So, accountability and sunlight is the best disinfectant, and we—and we have to do it. It's going to be painful, but we have to do it. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, there are lots of veterans who I've talked to since you, you first mentioned this uh, that really are rallying around the idea, having everything come clean, get this out so we don't repeat these mistakes and that we get more honesty between the military industrial complex and we, the taxpayers who fund it, I think would be enormous. And I think everything would, would, uh, there'd be a lot more trust if we just got all of our mistakes on the table. We did a lot of good things too. Nation building isn't one of them. Globalize, globalization isn't one of them. But, um, you know, there was a lot of great victories that brave guys like you fought, but we got to get the failures on the table and correct the, um, the uh the core causes so that we don't go into another war half cock like we did into these last two. So Joe, we are so lucky uh, on Veterans Day from me, my family, the entire Justin News team. Thank you. Thank you brother for what you did. Thank you for your amazing wife. We will never forget her and have a very special Veterans Day. We can't wait to have you back on the show and talk some more policy. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Yep. Have a good one. And we really appreciate it, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to introduce you to a family, a wounded warrior, and an amazing story about, get ready for this, quilting. I know you're not going to believe it. Really important story from our good friends at Annie's Kit Club. They're such good partners with us. An amazing story coming up right after this. and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over two million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's amacus forward slash They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of Triple Lock Home Title Protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home.
1: You're listening to John Solomon's Best of 2021, flashing back to November 11th, John's Veterans Day Special.
0: All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break and this very special edition of the John Solomon Reports podcast. Yes, we are celebrating Veterans Day and we're going to do it by really calling attention to some amazing heroes and joining me right now are two extraordinary people. Uh, Jeanette Burgess is the wife of one of those great heroes we honor today. Her husband, Sergeant Daniel Burgess, U.S. Army, wounded in the line of duty uh, and really has found a remarkable, as he's recovering from some of these horrible IED injuries, he found something that got his recovery on track even better, and he did it with the help of one of our great partners, Annie's Kit Club. So joining us along with Jeanette is Mark odegovin the Vice President of Marketing for Annie's Kit Clubs. You know all about them. We talk about them all the time. Jeanette, Mark, great to have you on the show today.
4: Awesome to be here, John.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Well, you guys inspire us. We have this holiday specifically to honor people like your husband, Daniel. Jeanette, tell us a little bit about your family and, and your husband's great service. He, he was in the Army a long time, kept re-enlisting, and then about 10 years ago this month, right, tragedy struck in Afghanistan. Is that right?
2: It is on November 20th of 2011. It'll be a 10-year alive date, we call it, um, for my husband, Daniel Burgess. He stepped on an IED in Afghanistan while Mm. serving. He sustained several injuries, including an amputation to his right leg and a degloving of his left leg, they Mm. call it, which is basically left his left leg in... Uh, skin grafts and broken bones. And so, among other injuries, TBI, PTSD, lung issues, I mean, just several injuries. So, it was quite an incident for us.
0: Yeah, it's life-changing to say the least. And he was helping local villagers, right, try to find IEDs that the Taliban had been planting. So, he was there just trying to help this community be free from risk when he struck with his own tragedy. You know, we see and we talk about Veterans Day, and we talk about the sacrifice, but what is it like to be that caregiver for Daniel? Your whole family has to rally around him and it isn't just a few days or a few weeks in the hospital, right? He had several years of rehab before he could get back to normal life, is that right?
2: He did, he spent three, almost three years of rehab in the army before they released him on a medical discharge. Recovering, learning how to walk again, learning how to live again. At that time, my daughters were with us. They were very young. They were under 10 years old at that time. Wow. And I was with him by his side. And we were the continuation of trying to rehab him. It didn't end when he left the rehab center that day. It continued through the night. It continued through the weekends, so we were his rehabs on those days. We left the Army in 2014. He retired. We moved to Florida, and we still continue rehabbing daily. It's a never-ending process now. It doesn't stop. Um,
0: it is uh the sacrifice that we talk about and that we honor on this day and you know it, it's talked in generic terms but when you hear your family story you realize it's anything but generic it is an every day every hour thing and it won't ever end right to the end of your lives you'll be dealing with that trauma from that day and the heroism that daniel showed there's this amazing turn in your life story that it, and that's what i think brought us to here together today Tell us, how did your husband end up getting involved with quilting? How did that connection occur?
2: So we had a downturn as soon as he retired. That's a major change in his life. It was a major change in our life. Right. He became very like he struggled very much with his PTSD. He struggled very much fitting into the world as he was in the Army Reserve. So he not only lost his service to the army but he was also working for a sheriff's department and he could no longer return to that job either so it was a struggle trying to figure out what to do in life and one day we were joking around and I love to sew I love to quilt that is my therapy that was my way of getting out and we were joking around and he said we should take a quilting class as a family (laughs)
0: And he
2: didn't think I was going to take him up on that.
4: And you did, right? Um,
2: But I did. And we made him go to a quilting class, all of us as a family. And Dan and I had to leave in the middle of that quilting class to attend an appointment, a medical appointment. Uh The medical appointment did not go as we planned. And Uh we left that appointment and he was very angry and he was very upset. But we had to return to the quilting class because our children were there. (laughs) So he returned to the quilting class and he sat down to actually make the quilt. And all of a sudden he was quiet and everybody kept asking, is he okay? Is he okay? Like what's going on? He's not yelling and screaming. And what he found was that he could sit at the quilting table and he didn't have to use his leg to right. sew because the sewing machine, he could use his hands. And so that didn't for him from doing anything. He could sit in his wheelchair and he could quilt and we could adapt things to him with tables that would rise when he could stand and lower when he was stuck in his wheelchair. And we found that quilting was very relaxing to him and calming and the movement and the sounds of it was a very calming thing for him.
0: Isn't that amazing? And you're sitting there, right? It's you, your daughters, and him all together engaged in this crafting, right? In this quilting.
2: It is. We can do it as a family. We all love the process of quilting. We all love the process of just crafting alone. And so it's very healing. It's a very healing process, not just for him, but for us as a family as we get to create things together.
0: Yeah, what an amazing story. And We hear all these different moments where just something happens and it changes the arc of every family struggle with recovering from such a traumatic injury. I want to bring in Mark for a second. Mark, at what point does Annie's Kid Club get involved with the Burgess family? How do you come into the picture and what happens when you guys connect?
4: Yeah, so through a a third party, you know, we were introduced to the Burgesses who were doing a life-changing event for the Burgesses to kind of redo their home. And so we were introduced to the Burgesses in that process. And when we heard their story, we just said, "Hey, we got to we got to get as much stuff as we can to them." And the more we learned about the Burgesses, it wasn't just about quilting, it was that they were into crocheting and into cross-stitch and and into all types of different crafts. And so that really, you know, was a great intersection for Annie's because uh, those are the exact same things that Annie's provides here. And so we had been already doing a lot of things with military groups from the USO to Operation Gratitude to Handmade Brigade. And, you know, this connection just made it even stronger.
0: It's amazing, and you know you start to follow this story along and you find out that the burgesses start they, they here they are already wounded in the line of duty. The whole family gets wounded when one gets wounded like this, and they're going through their own struggle. And all of a sudden, you find out, Jeanette, that your family is giving back. You're Once again, you've already given the ultimate sacrifice, but you're giving back and you guys start to do charitable things and, and take these quilts and find people who need them. What was that like to connect with other veterans and to spread not only your personal story, but the gift of quilts to people who might need them?
2: It's very rewarding to be able to give back. And that's one of the things that service members always do. And so when you're no longer serving and able to give back your time in service, it's so important to find another avenue where you can give back and you can still get that rewarding feeling of giving back. And so to be able to hand... Another veteran, a quilt or an organization that is going to take the projects out and help the community is very important. And it does make you feel good that somebody else will be wrapped in prayers, in love with a quilt or crocheted blanket or a scarf to let them know that there are people out there who do care about them and want to
0: support them it is an amazing thing and the fact that you can find it within your family with all that you've been through to continue to give to your country and to fellow veterans to me is the most inspiring thing i mean you and your husband and your daughters are truly, truly amazing. And, you know, one of the things, the reason why we're so excited at Just the News and partnering with Annie's is that this is in the DNA of Annie's. I love it. I I have a special needs son. We've done some of the woodworking crafts. My niece doesn't know this yet, but I got her for Christmas uh, subscription. She's going to be involved in this. But you guys, Mark, you have public service at your core. It isn't just a hobby industry and which is, you know, great products, but you care and you're always doing things. What are some of the things that Annie's is now doing to help veterans? I know the USO is one that I've seen. What are some of the other places where people can do a craft and donate or get connected to great veteran families like the Burgesses?
4: Yeah, so we're also working, uh, as I said before, with both Operation Gratitude and Handmade Brigade, and in that case, people can crochet hats and scarves to really, you know, give to words Jeanette used, right? Let people know that they're loved from all over the world, right? And help those service members to be warm and and really warm of both the heart along with the body. And I think that that's something that Annie's really stands for, making sure that people, veterans, but even non-veterans understand that the caring part is a important part when it comes to crafting and that the giving is as rewarding as just the making itself.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It makes the gift twice as good because then you know you're doing some good with the work that you just created with your hands. How can our listening audience, so you guys have been so gracious, you have an enormous discount for Just the News, John Solomon Reports podcast listeners. You can go to com slash just news and get take advantage of that opportunity. But how can our listening audience mark dive in here and say, if you want to help another military family today on Veterans Day or in the weeks ahead, Christmas is coming up, Thanksgiving's coming up, what's a way that they can engage with Annie's and get something done and do some good between now and the end of the holidays?
4: Again, uh, um, Annie's is offering 75% off of all of its uh, kit clubs Amazing um, to get people, you know, back into that real passion of giving and crafting. And again, it's at Annie'sKitClubs.com slash justthenews. And that's just a wonderful place to go and to show people that, you know, you care.
0: Yeah. And you have all these organizations that you can work with. You can pick the charity you want to go. Maybe you've got a charity you know about that you can you can direct it to. But it's so easy to do this. My family is going to be doing it today. And I think everyone else should join it. I'd love, I'll tell you what I'd love. I'd love a thousand of our listeners to go over to Annie's Kick Clubs today and go pick out a subscription, go do a project and send something to a veteran this Veterans Day, this Christmas, this Thanksgiving. You'll never know the full amount of love and comfort that you'll be doing when you do that. Letting our veterans know we care every moment for their sacrifice is so important. As Janae reminds us, the entire family, right? The entire family is affected by a catastrophic injury like this. Jet, tell us a little bit about what you would tell other military families. I mean, your family went all in on this. It was transformative. I think Daniel has his own long arm um, sewing machine now, right? He's got uh, the the equipment at home to do this. What would you tell other families about getting involved in quilting, crafting, annies? What advice do you have for them?
2: I would encourage not only other veteran families, but maybe you're a friend of a veteran or yeah. you're, um, you know a veteran in your life, sign them up for Annie's monthly kit club. Because my encouragement is that every month we look forward to just a simple craft that we can sit down and do together or do individually that's mindless. We love to sew. So we get fabric from Annie's monthly with a little project and just being able to have that time to sit and craft and get your mind off of something else is so important. Find your creative side because that's where you're going to find your healing.
0: Yeah. Such great advice. It's remarkable. Is there a particular quilt that Daniel's most proud of? I and mean, was there one particular one that when you look at it, you go, man, that was the master craft of the time. As you look back, what was one of those quilts that he's most fond
4: of?
2: I would say he has two. He has his first quilt that he made, right. and he's very proud of that. He also made one that is a purple heart. Wow. And that was his healing of designing it And yeah, and that one I think is one of our most cherished ones is his
4: Purple Heart quilt that he made. And it is absolutely beautiful. I mean, uh, having seen it up close, I mean, it's an amazing quilt.
0: Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, if you can get me a picture of that, I want to tweet that out so people can see the extraordinary handiwork that the Burgess family has done and Daniel and Jeanette have done. Jeanette, I don't know how we can ever express our gratitude to your husband, to you, to your entire family, but please know everybody here at Justin News, John Solomon Reports, we love your family. We're there to support you for the rest of your journey in this recovery, but we thank you for what you've done. You are representative of this extraordinary veteran community that has given so much, continues to give, and has made this country so great. So, I want to thank you for what you and Daniel represent and all the service and sacrifice you've made.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on and supporting what Annie's is doing to help veterans also.
0: Well, we want to thank Mark and all of the Annie's hit Club family because they've given us this incredible discount 75% off. I mean, that's a, an unbelievable deal to get started on these subscriptions. Folks, if you're out there, I want you to do me a favor tonight. It's a personal ask. Go out there, go get signed up for one of these clubs. Do it with your kids, your grandchildren, your husband and wife team if you want to do it. These are amazing kits and projects. And go make something and give it to a veteran sometime between now and Christmas. That would warm my heart. I think it would do some good. And it's just one little way we can say thank you to the extraordinary families like the Burgesses who've done so much for us that we can remain free and safe in this great country. To Jeanette, Mark, thank you so much. Happy Veterans Day. And please give our love to Daniel. Thank you. Thank you, John. Wow, thank you so much, guys. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day.
2: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available
5: on digital.
1: Welcome back. You've been listening to John Solomon's Best of 2021. This whole week, we'll be flashing back together with a few of the most popular interviews of the year and highlighting amazing heroes who are making a difference in the world. Tomorrow, we'll be remembering John's September 11th special. And later in the week, we'll be featuring John's interview with former President Trump. Thanks for listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from just the news.
5: Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the Dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore,